Wait a minute, I hear something. What's up, everybody? It's Rick again with another episode of Dr. Movie, live from the cab of my car, live from the pa- or the driver's seat. I'm glad I'm not in the passenger seat. That could be a real problem. Live from the driver's seat of a 2015 GMC Acadia. Yep, currently driving on what used to be called Purchase Park Parkway in, in Kentucky. Driving to a gig. Got to go play some music today. And... Uh, you know, we just talked about Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, and, and, and I brought up Last House on the Left, and I thought, shoot, why not? Let's let's go ahead and throw this one in the mix. Now, I haven't revisited this one to review it, but I really don't have to. Um, this movie was a game changer for me because my road to horror started off like everybody else's, right? I mean, I, I grew up on some 70s horror stuff. Uh, most of you have heard my story about, you know, I grew up uh, watching the, the old original Universal horror flicks, and then uh, that kind of led to the Hammer flicks on TV, and that's when I saw Christopher Lee as Dracula with the scullary lenses in his eyes, which terrified me, right? But all my horror movies at this point have been hit-and-miss 80s movies, right? In- including The Prophecy from the 70s, right? The big, you know, mutated bear movie, which I love. Which, if you hadn't listened to that episode, go all the way back to almost the beginning of this series. Possibly the second episode of this entire series of shows I've done. I covered the prophecy because I just have that much love for this for that movie. So everything has been far-fetched. <clears throat> Nature runs amok. Uh, then it turned into Halloween, Friday the 13th, you know, your typical stuff. And these are the ones that really honed me to be a horror fan. That's that's when I started grabbing everything off the shelves at the mom-and-pop stores and checking out all the horror flicks. And this one I would always pass over. And I remember, I remember the day. I never even seen this movie, but I bought it. Uh, it was it was you know uh, you know a used videotape. Then this place was you know getting rid of the old and bringing in some new. <clears throat> place was called the Next Door in Martin, Tennessee kind of a little head shop actually it was right there on the campus of UT Martin and uh, but that's where I got all my music because they weren't going to have you know Queensryche at Walmart at this time and point so uh, I would go in there and check out the newest music they had everything it was awesome uh, I think they've just closed the store for good anyways getting way off base but yeah they had this videotape and on the cover it says from the creative mind of of uh you know, Wes Craven, director of, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. So it's obviously a videotape that was brought back out after the success of Nightmare on Elm Street that started bringing back all the Wes Craven stuff. Because, you know, he got a bump, right? So I'm like, shoot, I love, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. I need to check this out. So, <laughs> wow. 1972, Last House on the Left, horror exploitation flick. Very much so. Uh, the epitome to me when it comes to home invasion movies. There's some that are probably done better now just because, you know, technology changes. But, man, 
there, there's something so nasty about this movie that none of the new movies can capture. Yes, we can do better effects now. That's not what this movie was about. But, wow, the, the impact of this movie as far as what is in it, it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. And if you listen to the, the Henry episode, you heard me talk about this is the only movie that I get up and turn off because I was afraid of what I was going to see. It wasn't because of what I'd seen, right? It wasn't Freddy jumping up and chopping off his fingers and his face getting pulled off and I had to stop and take a break. No, this was, you know, where they've got, you know, the young girl out in the woods and they're making her do things. Hey, you know, pee your pants or I'm going to cut this girl. I mean, they're starting to totally humiliate these people. And it was just heading, heading down a track that I'd never seen in any kind of film before. Very disturbing. And uh, again, because these are the things that really happen. This is the real evil of man. And women. Don't want to leave that out. So let's talk about this one. Obviously we know it's Wes Craven. Um, it says, Teenagers Marie and Phyllis uh, head to the city for a concert, then going afterward to look for some drugs. Instead, they find a, group, a gang that escape, of escaped convicts who, uh, who subject them to a night of torture and rape. The gang then kills the girls in the woods, not realizing they're near Marie's house. We'll just kind of leave it there. That's, that's all you need to know. A budget of $90,000, right? It made $2.2 million back, almost $2.3 million back. So, yeah, they definitely made their money's worth back, right? Um, a little bit about our cast. Uh, Sandra Cassell plays Marie. Uh, I don't really know her from anything else. Uh, obviously, she's been in a couple of other things. Teenage Hitchhikers. I've never seen that. Uh, looks like Massage Parlor Murders. So she's been in some exploitation flicks, no doubt, right? Oh, Legend of Boggy Creek. I forgot she's in that. So, uh, which I need to cover too. We got the the great David Hess, right? Who, ironically, his name is Krug in this movie. Now, I don't know if you know the history of Freddy Krueger and the whole story of the influence that Wes Craven had for that character. Is actually a bully in school, right? To some degree, and somebody that he'd always kind of played on this name with. So. Uh, man, David Hess in this movie is is something else, man. Uh, Lucy Grantham plays Phyllis. She's Marie's friend. They, they go to the concert together. And she's been in some uh, questionable flicks. She was in uh, At the Earth's Core, so that's pretty cool. But uh, she's been in some, some things that uh, Linda Lovelace's movie. So, I mean, you know, she's been in some, some risque things here. Um, Fred J. Lincoln plays Weasel. Mark Sheffer plays Junior. Uh, Ada Washington plays Ada. Uh, Jeremy Rain plays Sadie. Now, Sadie's the other person in this group who is out of her mind. And Let's see. I don't see where she's. Let's see. She's been in the abductors. Uh, I don't see much else that she's been in. But yeah. Uh, so, movie starts off. It's showing Marie 
getting out of the shower or whatever, getting ready. You know, it's 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 her birthday, right? It's gonna be her sweet 16th birthday. Her parents are preparing to prep everything and have a party, but her and her friend Phyllis are gonna go to a concert. They're gonna be gone. Oh, you know who I forgot that's in this movie? Uh, Martin Cove, right? From uh, Karate Kid, right? Cobra Kai. Yeah, this is one of his early roles, and he plays the deputy. Him and the, the sheriff are like, they're really comedy relief for this movie. And it seems silly now when you see it, but my gosh, is it needed <laughs> in this movie to give you a breather from what is going on in this flick. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, to see Martin Cove in this, I've, I've always wanted to meet him and talk about this because, you know, again, this, this movie just re- made me rethink horror movies altogether. Um, but yeah, Martin Cove, man. You can't go wrong with that. So uh, the two girls are going to the concert, and on the way out, they want to score on some weed, and they see this guy out in the road who is Junior, who is the son of, of, uh, of Krug. He's like, yeah, 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 I got what you need, and you have to come up to this room. Well, and earlier you hear this thing on the on the radio that these escaped convicts are loose and they're you know they're on the run. Cops are looking for them. And they killed some people on the way out, and they are armed and dangerous, no doubt. And uh, the girls go up to this room, and they know instantly when they get in there they're in a bad spot, right? So uh, at this point, you don't see it, but some some raping goes on. I believe some 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 beating and they take the girls and throw them in the back of the car and their whole concept is we're going to drive out to the country do what we want to with them and then we'll kill them and and that'll be it they'll be dead so that's kind of the point where you know and they're driving and they're i mean sadie is a nymphomaniac right so even while they're driving she's getting it on with with krug while weasel is driving or somebody's driving you know in this Cadillac convertible <laughs> that they stole and uh, they drive out in the middle of nowhere and like I said it gives you flashes back of the parents who are you know decorating the house trying to get things you know dressed up for the 16th birthday they're making the cake icing and it's all lovey-dovey and fun while it cuts back to the scenes of what's going on out in this woods and man it's just it's absolutely crushing uh, these, there, there's, there's probably 20 minutes in this film that is some of the most disturbing stuff. And you don't really see anything. It's all, you know, it just seems too real. And I think that's the thing with it is, is I think a lot of movies have tried to copy this concept. And some, again, do a very good job. But there's something about the grittiness of this and the way that it's shot. you got to remember Wes Craven's <laughs> beginnings started in more of a porn industry. And if you know anything about 60s and 70s porn, you're shooting on 8mm, 16mm at the best. Uh, Very low quality, very rough, um, rough editing, uh, you know, scratchy film. It looks like, you know, you're peering into somebody's life. And I think that's a big factor with this movie. Um... And that, that's a problem I have when people talk about buying new transfers and they clean it up. There's something about the grittiness 
that I don't want taken away because I don't know it, it, it just it hits those nerves for me of it being more realistic I guess because before you had VHS if you had you know family videos of any kind it was on these little reels right eight, eight millimeter eight millimeter kind of stuff and this is just what it looked like so you don't feel like you've got a director making this. You feel like somebody's holding a little camcorder of the time, a little 8 millimeter, and filming the stuff that's going on. And like I said, they, you know, Marie is totally innocent. Uh, totally, she's a virgin. And the other girl, yeah, she's been around a little bit. but And they start doing these things where, hey, we want you to do this, and if you don't do it, I'm going to cut the other girl. So you got all these weird things that happen that are just messed up, man. And um, Phyllis tries to make a break for it. She uh, hits Sadie in the head with a rock, tries to make it to the highway. And also at the same time, you've got our sheriff and, and the deputy that are coming down the road, and they're trying to find these escape convicts, right? That's their whole story. And, of course, it's all comic relief because there's a chicken truck and, you know, the music totally changes, which, again, the music in this movie, the majority of it is stuff that David Hess wrote. Some of it he sang, too. Might have sang all of them. Um, boy, these songs are just haunting. I mean, The Road Leads to Nowhere. What a haunting song. And uh, which used to be on a playlist of mine because it just, uh, again, I was just so overwhelmed by this flick. Um, Phyllis tries to make a run for it. Doesn't get too far. Uh, and they catch her, and they end up just butchering her. I mean, there are scenes where they're just got her against a tree, and they're just ramming her in the stomach with a switchblade and pulling out her intestines, which you, you kind of see, you kind of don't. It's enough that you understand what's going on, and it's plenty, trust me. Um, so now you're just down to Marie, and uh, Krug has her on the ground. He's raping her. He carves his name in her chest with a knife, Actually, that kind of happens before. And she gets up after he's done, walks out into this pond that's out there, or lake. I mean, she is destroyed, absolutely destroyed. She knows that she's not getting out of this. And then Krug pulls out a gun and shoots her in the head, right? It's just, man, just heavy, heavy movie. That's the 70s for you, man. And uh, at this point... They're all going to get cleaned up and go about their merry way. Uh, they get back to the car, and the car won't crank. I, I want to say they're out of gas is the problem. So they end up walking up to the nearest house, wanting to use the phone. But phone's out. Some, some I can't remember the reason there. But uh, they end up having to stay the night. And lo and behold, it's Marie's house. So they take these people in. They act like they're college students that are going to, a, 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 like, a doctor school or whatever. And uh, and then the, the criminals figure out that this is Marie's house. They just killed the girl. How ironic that they drove out in the middle of nowhere and almost drove her back to her own house. Well, a little later on, our mom and dad find out that they killed Marie. She had a necklace on that was specifically given to her that by them as a Christmas, as a birthday gift. And uh, they find it in one of them's bag, right? 
So they come up with a plan to get revenge. They they find Marie, they find her body, they 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 get her back, and then they come up with a plan of TCB. They're gonna take care of some business, and uh, from there on, that's where things get crazy. And uh, they uh, trying to think where to where to go first. Oh, there's also a dream sequence that uh, Weasel has, and uh, it's all about. Um, being in a dentist chair, right? Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. I'm driving through some traffic here. And uh, while he's in the dentist chair, the light goes on. Because you don't know it's a dream at first. I mean, you just He wakes up and they're saying, open wide, please. And he has a dream that the mom and dad are dressed up in, like, doctor's outfits. And they take a chisel and a hammer and are going to knock his teeth out. <laughs> and, he, of course, that wakes him up, right? He goes outside, and the mom is out there. He's already made eyes with her before, thinking, man, she's kind of hot. Weasel's kind of a low-down, dirty dude. And uh, so he uh, makes the moves on her, and uh, she starts making the moves on him, too, and saying, I bet a big, strong man like you, you know, can make love to me. With He said, I can make love to you with my hands tied behind my back. So she ties his hands behind his back, and she goes down on him, out by the swimming pool and bites his junk off. <laughs> yeah. So here's Weasel outside with his arms tied behind his back, bleeding to death from his crutch. Uh, and then the dad has uh, done the whole booby trap thing. You know how Wes Craven is big on booby traps, right? Every movie. Is filled with booby traps. Well, same thing here, man. He, he rigs up the house with all these booby traps, comes up with some weapons to fight them with, and a chainsaw. And uh, you also got the story of Junior, who's involved with all this, too, who doesn't really want to be a part of what's going on, but he's such an addict, and the only way he can get his fix is by doing whatever they tell him. Well, there's a point where Krug makes Junior just put a gun... He was going to shoot Krug, right? And end all this. And Krug convinces him to put the gun in his own mouth and, and blow his brains out, which he does. In the middle of all this. And then, like I said, you got the dad fighting with, with Krug in the house, and he rigs up a thing at the front door where if you, you know, grab the front door, there's water on a... On a like a floor mat... And, of course, he gets electrocuted, and that knocks him back in the house. And when it's all said and done, uh, the mom takes care of Sadie, too. And they they get their revenge for their daughter. And I'll, I'll leave it there. I mean, that's the most of the movie. But, uh, you know, in the revenge part, you're you're cheering, right? You want this to happen to these people because they're, they, are, they are the scum of the earth, right? I can't, I mean, there's no way I can justify this movie more than you seeing it for yourself. This this is, uh, to me, it's just required watching. Um, like I said, it, it, it shaped 
everything that I know about horror movies and just it, it just turned it on its ear and said, wow, there, there's a seriousness to this too. All the other ones are more fun and game and, and popcorn shots of, you know, jump scares and things like that. Then there's this, which drags you into a personal hell. And, you know, Lord bless the people that go through anything like this because this is the worst of the worst. Um, and obviously this is just a movie, but at the end of the day, I never forget, I showed this to a buddy of mine, and he said he had to go take a shower after watching it. That movie made him feel so dirty, he had to go take a shower. So, uh, and, and it, it does. I mean, there's, there's something to this that just doesn't go away. Um, it's not a scary mask. It's not some crazy serial killer. It's not slasher blood and guts. It is serious uh, stuff that happens. This is the stuff that happens. I mean, when you hear about people getting abducted and all these things, this is what happens. Not so much the revenge part or the goofy cops part. But, and again, that's just trying to help you deal with the reality of what's happening here. Uh, I can't recommend it enough, folks. Uh, again, another five out of five. And it's not a repeatable viewing movie, right? Neither is Henry. This is once every couple of years. I might pull them out and watch them. This is not a I enjoy watching this, but I think it keeps me rooted, uh, keeps me grounded to the reality of what horror movies really are, and why we have them, and why we celebrate them, versus this. Um, this is something you don't celebrate. This is this is real. It's it's serious, and there's a ton of these home invasion movies, and you know. A lot of them are pretty good, but I don't know. To me, uh, nothing has impacted me like what happens in this movie. And, again, have to hand it to Wes Craven. Uh, it is brilliantly done. You you don't feel like you're watching a movie, and I, I think that says a lot. Uh, easy five out of five for me. This is a, this is a Rick recommendation. I, I, I can't say it enough. So, uh, if you haven't seen this one, then obviously I think you need to. I don't know that it's on Tubi. I didn't really check. Again, this is one of those that I've seen so many times I I don't really have to to review it again to talk about it. Um, It's made that big of an impression on me. It's kind of like talking about Jaws. I mean, do I really have to pull anything up to talk about Jaws? Probably not. Um, But anyways, this, uh, you got to see it, folks. You got to see it. Uh, now, if you don't like the 70s movies and kind of the whole slow burn kind of thing, may not be for you. Totally get it. But, man, this one just really made me scared of the person making this movie. So, uh, again, you can get outlandish. You can do the Stephen King thing, you know, where you know everybody thought the, the master of horror. Well... To me, this just puts it in a whole different category. And, uh, you know, I love Stephen King. Don't get me wrong. But there's something about the impact of this that I feel like you see the vibrations of this movie through everything that's happened ever since. Um, this and Texas Chainsaw, right? Because they both have this this feel to them, that 70s gritty feel. And 
you know, I even read where when Wes Craven would call a cut on some of these scenes, these actors couldn't even look at each other because they felt so disgraced about what they were doing. So I think that really says a lot about what's in this movie and the impact that it has. Don't miss it, folks. I, I mean, again, I, I think if you're a horror fan worth your weight in salt, uh, you you gotta you got to know about this movie. And again, it may not be for you, but for me, it's just, man, what a, what a slice of horror cinema from the 70s that really turned everything on its ear. And uh, it's just not talked about enough. And, and there's probably a reason why, right? Um, it's a very, very disturbing flick. All right, folks, uh, that's it for this one. Let me know if you have any requests. I mean, there's tons of movies that I can think off the top of my head that kind of tie into this. Uh, I Spit on Your Grave and the remakes of those, which are pretty decent. Uh, so there's there's a ton of these movies that you can kind of play off of that work in the same vein, right? All right, folks, uh, that's it for this one, and we will check you later.